Hey, this is Pastor Chris with Believer City Church. Listen, I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message on today. It's my prayer that something said will encourage you to believe in God, believe in yourself, and believe in others. And with that being said, let's jump straight into the message. The goal today is to leave here and whatever you're struggling with within your life, whatever you can't get over, whatever's been holding you back, is to leave here saying, you know what, I'm not going to wait till 2020. I'm repenting today. I'm going to redirect today. If you're struggling with obesity, I'm repenting today. I'm, I'm not going to have two plates. I'm just going to have one. If you're struggling with being lazy, whatever it is, I'm going to do better. I'm going to get, if you're struggling with depression, I'm going to get help. Whatever it is, I'm going to do better and I'm not going to wait. I'm going to do it today. Why? Because I love myself. I love my family. I love I love the God that I serve. He has better for me. The reason why I'm in this situation is not because he hurts me, not because he hates me, but because of the simple fact that maybe I have not taken the liberty to love myself. Can I tell you something? This is going to help some relationships in here. You can never get into a relationship expecting someone to complete you if you haven't even completed yourself. The reason why you're an individual is because you can, you can solve yourself problems. The, the, when you unite, you begin to create new obstacles, new goals that you want to achieve. Many of us don't take the time to get ourselves together. We don't take the time. I'm, I'm trying to help some people today. This is, your arguments is not because you don't love somebody. Your arguments is because you're battling yourself with their self. And the reality is that when you're in a relationship, there is no self. There is a team effort. There's a team effort. We have to, to work together. In this season, God is calling you to, to, to take care of yourself, figure yourself out. Find out what's going wrong with you so that you can reach a point. This is why John the Baptist says, you Pharisees and Sadducees, what are you doing? He calls them out. He, he doesn't hide who they are. He doesn't just let them go through the motion. In other words, he says, man, you drug addict. You game banger. You cheater. You infidelity. He, he, he calls all of these people by their characteristics. I wonder what would we call each other if we all knew our flaws. Ooh. Somebody knew how jacked up you really was. Somebody knew you was an embezzler. Somebody knew that you committed sexual crimes. Somebody knew how jacked up you really are. The, the things that you struggle with in, in the night that nobody talks about. The things that people don't wear as a badge on their chest. What if they looked at you and they said, I see you for who you really are. Can't hide from me. This is the feeling that these men who came up had. And John the Baptist simply declared to them, repent. I want to help you understand the reactions that will lead to redirection. That's my goal today. It's for you to understand the reaction. How do I get from, from repenting to redirecting? How do, I, how do I get from just saying something to actually doing something? One of the first things that I believe that we can identify in the text, and I'm going from the back to the front, I want to make sure that you understand one of the first things is that redirection is a reaction to restraint. You cannot achieve redirection if you do not have restraint. You have to begin to say no. One of the hardest things it is for me when my wife makes turkey necks is for me to push that crock pot away and just say, give me two, not four. That's the hardest thing it is for me. 
One of the hardest things it is for me is when, when I pass a barbecue place, especially a barbecue truck, is to say, no, I'm going to keep going. I will literally jump off the freeway because I smell it and turn back around. I have to get the ability to say, no, I have to practice restraint. When I look at the verse uh, in, in chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, uh, we see and it says, and he says to them, after he's already told them to baptize, be baptized and repent, he says, and do not suppose that you can say to yourself, we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from those stones, God is able to raise up the children of Abraham. Why does he stress this history marker to them in verse 9? He stresses this because of the fact, he says, if you're really going to repent, you have to change your ways. You can't say the same thing. You cannot use the excuse that Abraham is your father. Many of us, the reason why we won't change, the reason why we won't allow for there to be redirection in our lives, and I want to make sure that you understand something, redirection is what leads to you rebuilding. There are some areas in your life that are broken, that have been destroyed, uh, even some self-esteem, some relationships that you need to rebuild. And the fact, the reason why you cannot rebuild them is because you won't change your ways. You cannot rebuild your health because you won't change your ways. You cannot rebuild your relationship because you won't change your ways. You won't change. You won't redirect. The main thing that Siri says to me every time I try to ignore on my on my. On, on my GPS, when I'm going the way that I think I, I want to go, and I think I know where to go, but she's told me to go no, another way. She either tells me she's creating an alternate route or redirecting. And every time she says redirect, and I pass up what she tells me to do, guess what she continues to say? Redirecting. And before I know it, I didn't take myself five miles out of the way because I was not willing to redirect when she told me to. Because I thought that I knew what was best. I don't know if you understand it, but God speaks to his people. He speaks to people in different ways. And there's some things that God has said to you. He has told you, listen, if you don't change, it's not going to work out for you. If you don't change, it's going to destroy you. If you don't change, it's going to break everything about you. But you have to be willing to redirect. John the Baptist says, listen, I understand that y'all here. Y'all look good. You're playing the part. You went through the motions. But are you really willing to change? Change begins with restraint. When you leave here today, you ought to begin to make a list of everything that you're struggling with and ask yourself, what do I have to do to keep this from happening? What roadblocks do I have to put in the way to keep me from having issues. One of the things that uh, I love to do, and I, I'm always worried about my wife and worried about where she is, and she, 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 my wife's hard-headed. I'm just going to be honest. I ain't going to find no sweet way to say it. She's hard-headed. She's used to being a strong woman, which that, that is one of the main things I love about her. But I was raised by somebody that cared. My dad cared about his family. He was always looking for him. What, what was going on? And we have this new technology where you can track people and know where they're going and what they're doing. Call Google. If you don't know it, I just heard somebody marriage right now. Uh, you, can, you can lock in. She can share her location with me so I can follow her every day, like know where she at without a problem. And my phone was tripping. It, it just, I mean, it, iPhones, we have issues sometimes. It happens. And no, don't even go there. The issue was a user error. It wasn't an iPhone. It, it was a user error. Because Google, what it, what it does, it, when you set it up, it says, do you want to share it with the app always or just when in 
use. And so I was setting it up as just in use. And so whenever I was not using Google, it was not sharing my GPS location. So being a headstrong woman like my wife is, she said, he don't want to share his. I ain't going to share mine. And she tans hers off, knows that that irks the very blood in my vein. You could have a flat. There could be a bomb somewhere. And I need to know that my people say, I might want to surprise you with some flowers. I need to know your geographic location. And somehow I went and I found out how to turn mine back on. And I said, I figured out the problem. And I turned it back on. And I told her, I told her, I told her. And and she was like, yeah, I told you. If you ain't sharing mine, I ain't sharing yours. I was like, oh, baby, come on. This ain't even like that. Come on, just, just share yours with me. Let, me. let me see what's going on. And do you know this woman for 48 hours still didn't turn hers on? And I was like, come on, we, got, we have to do better than this. We, we have to do better than this. And so for a moment, yeah, Patty, you got it right. Patty, for a moment she had to practice some restraint and say, you know what, I'm going to do better. I ain't going to do him how he did me. I'm going to practice some restraint. Some of y'all need to go home and practice some restraint. I ain't going to even lie to you. Some of y'all already ready to go home and fight. Y'all can't, y'all left for fight, and, and y'all ready to go right back home and get right back into it. You left the house, was dirty, you ready to go back home and talk about it. You left, at, wasn't no food cooked, you ready to go home and talk about it. You left, wasn't nobody there, you ready to go home and find somebody on the phone to talk about it. But you need to practice restraint. Let me back up, stop, and let me just think about this. Redirection begins with restraint. Redirection begins with you saying, you know what, I'm not going to do what people expect me to do. I'm not going to do what people are trying to force me to do. I'm not going to even do what I want to do. I'm going to do what it is that God desires for me to do. Second principle I want to make sure that you understand, not only does redirection uh, begin as a reaction to restraint, but redirection is a reaction to regret. I need to make sure you understand that redirection is a reaction to regret. Actually, restraint is a reaction to regret. You don't get redirection without restraint. You cannot get restraint without regret. The reason you stop doing whatever it is that you're doing is because you regret it. You feel something is bad about it. It hurts you. It weighs you down. And as a result of it, your regret births restraint. You do not restrain without a reason. You have to have a reason to restrain. You have to have a reason to say, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to continue to conduct myself in a certain manner. I am going to do better. And when we look in the text, verse 8, therefore, the Bible says, therefore, bear fruit and keep with repentance. It gives them a reason why they need to do what they're supposed to do. They need to be the ones that are bearing fruit. You need to make something happen in your life. In other words, if you're asking me to bear fruit, guess what that means? I have not been bearing fruit. I, I, there's a level of regret. I don't know about you, but I love where my bank account is now, but by next year, I want it to be even better. And so there's a, there's a period of regret. I bought a couple of pairs of too many Jordans. I, I stopped by too many barbecue places. There, there's some things I got to do better. I, there's, there's an element of regret which makes me say, you know what, I'm going to do better because I, I know where I messed up. I identified my fault. In other words, I'm not pointing the fingers at nobody else and saying, the reason why I'm in this situation is because of you. 
The reason why I'm as unhappy is because of you. The reason why I'm unsuccessful is because of you. None of that is coming out of my mouth. The reason why I'm in this situation is because of me. Because even if you're the problem that put me in this situation, the fact that I stay with you is my problem. The fact that I stay on a job that doesn't appreciate me is my problem. I, I was looking for a job and I found this job. I'm sure I can find another one. Many of us don't want to accept the fact that most of it is our problem. We made a decision prematurely. We didn't think things through. We were like when the Bible says there were two men. God says one built his house and he actually planned it. He measured it. He mapped everything out. And when the winds and everything came against it, it stood. It did not fall. But there was one person that said, oh, he went to Home Depot. Give me this lumber. Give me this lumber. Give me this. I ain't going to measure it. I'm going to try to put it together. And when he tried to put it together, it was like some of us brothers who don't read the instructions when we buy stuff for our wives at Walmart. It's hanging all crooked. It don't look like the picture. We, we think just because we've seen somebody else work it out that it's going to work out for us. We've made some bad. No, don't talk about my screws being left over. They do put extra screws in that thing. We made some bad decisions. And as a result of our bad decisions, we placed ourselves in a position where we should have regret. There can never be change if you do not regret what you've already done. You'll never lose weight if you don't regret gaining it. I ain't gonna lie, my baby pulled out a picture from 2010 or something like that. I don't, she used to tell me I look like a crackhead, excuse me, anybody struggling, but she used to talk. I was like 180 pounds, finest thing I've ever seen. I thought I was right, you know what I mean? I would do anything to go back there today. I got, I got them faith jeans in my closet. Y'all don't know nothing about them faith jeans. Them faith jeans is them ones that you bought knowing that you can't fit in. But I, I still got them in my closet because one day I'm going to fit in them. I got a pair of faith jeans sitting right on the shelf for my, maybe my 2012 New Year's resolution. It might have been what that was. But they sitting there as a reminder that one day you got to do better. But the reality is up until this point, I had no regret. I had no, no regret about my size. Mike introduced me to double XL. I found the big man stuff. Wasn't that I couldn't fit anything. We have to get to a point in our lives where we begin to produce restraint because there's an element of regret. There's nothing wrong with saying I messed up. There's nothing wrong with saying I made a bad decision. There's nothing wrong with accepting the blame for your actions. And it's when you, make, when you are willing to confess and accept the fact that you own some of the blame, then it puts you in a position where you can begin to move forward and say, I want to redirect. I want to begin to rebuild. I know my life is broken. I know things are not working out how I want them to do, but I want to do better. So we understand that redirection is a reaction to restraint. We understand that restraint is a reaction to regret. The last point that I want to leave you with today is that regret is a reaction to revelation. Regret is the reaction to revelation. I'm working the text from the back to the front. So when we, we transition from verse 10 to verse 7, verse 7 says this, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming from ba for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers. In other words, you jacked up people. Who warned you to flee 
from the wrath to come. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Redirection is what they were seeking. The reason why they were seeking redirection is because they had an element of regret. This regret was birthed by a revelation. Somebody told them, y'all ain't doing the right thing. The Messiah is here. Somebody told them that you can do better, that life has more for you. You don't have to stay in this situation. And so as a result of them getting the revelation, and nothing revelation is just saying simply, I got information exposed to me that I previously did not have. Now that I know something, I want to do something. Now that I know something, I want to do something. And, and, and many of us, the reason why we have not redirected in our lives to begin to be to reach a point of rebuilding in our lives, not only is it that we have not, we have no regret, but some of us have yet to experience a revelation. There is nothing like, and I'm talking to some of my big folks in here today, don't take it personal, there is nothing like going to the doctor and them telling you you borderline diabetic. That to, it's either diabetic or not, doc. Where am I at? You borderline, you right on the cusp. You, you right on the cusp. What does that mean, doc? I'm going to have to take insulin for the rest of my life? Yeah, if you don't get it right, 10 more pounds can push you over there. That you'd have said enough. I don't need to hear anything. The minute, the minute you get that revelation of what diabetes is, you, you're like, oh, I just can't eat sugar. I can't do this. And you know you got to stick yourself with needles, and you don't even like sticking yourself. You see that people who didn't do right had their legs amputated. It instantly produces change. Barbecue, you can stay away from me. I am good. Unnecessary carbs, all that bread that turns into sugar, you can keep it. I'm good. No Kool-Aid for me. I'll take water, please. I am good. There is a redirection in my life because there is a, a, a spirit of regret upon me because I've allowed myself to get somewhere that I did not want to be, and the regret came forth because I have a revelation that I didn't have before. God gives you revelation. Many of us ignore the revelation, or many of us never receive the revelation because we never pick up his word. There's not a problem that you're dealing with that God does not already have the answer for. There's nothing new up under the sun from the youngest person in here to the oldest person here. There is nothing that you're dealing with that God does not have the answer for in his word. But if you never receive the information through a revelation, you can never have a spirit of regret that will lead you to redirection. Some of us have to have a reason to do whatever it is that we do. I don't go to work for the fun of it. I'm going to be honest. I don't even go to work for the check. I, I, I think I could be perfectly fine sleeping on, on different people's couches. I think I can be good bouncing forth, back and forth. If y'all pay the church bills, i let y'all all leave, sleep in the church, take a bird bath. I think I'll, I'll be straight. I don't need to check. I'm good. The <laughs> reason I go to work is because I care about my family. They need to eat. They need a roof over their head. I would have been and quit my job had I not had responsibilities. But because I have responsibilities, no matter who talks to me crazy, no matter how many things don't go my way, no matter how much I feel underappreciated, I still go to work. Let me tell you something, that work ethic didn't come out of nowhere, it came from a revelation. I grew up in a house, I'm glad my dad is here today. Uh, I grew up in a house with a man 
that had to put Epsom salt, I don't know if y'all know nothing about Epsom salt, on his feet nightly just to get up and go to work again. Somebody that, that couldn't even sleep in the bed because his back was hurting so bad that if he did lay down, he might not get up. So he had to sleep in a chair just so that he can get ready to go. Somebody that pulled multiple shifts just to make sure his kids have a roof over his head. And sometimes I, I think about that because the things that I didn't appreciate as a kid, I'm just getting paid back for it now because uh, my kids don't appreciate some of the things I do because they do not understand why you do what it is that you do. The revelation didn't come to me until I was put in a position where I had to understand it for myself. And as a result of it, I lived differently. Before I didn't have kids, my wife, it wasn't even about her. You'll be all right. You got a job. We don't need two cars. You got one. I was selfish. I was only thinking about myself. But something about a woman giving birth to children for me put everything into perspective. It was like, man, life is about more than just you. And I began to regret my behavior. I'm I, I sitting here now. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm on a job that I've been here four years, and I told some of y'all about this. I, I struggled with quitting when I got a better opportunity just because I, I don't want to trade my four years just for a couple of more dollars. I don't, I don't want to struggle. I don't want to go back through that whole rebuilding process if that's not what God has called me to do. God is calling y'all to do some great things in the next year. I'm excited that y'all chose to spend the last Sunday of the year here with us at Believer City Church. God knows what you've struggled with, from the person who struggled with infidelity, from the person who, who struggled with their own identity, from the person who, who struggled with being molested, from each and every last one of you, your addictions, whatever it is, God knows your issue. And he says, I want to put you on a different path. Because he has no respect of person. This is why I love the fact that he called them by Pharisees and, and Sadducees. Because they were not Jews. They were not the people who were considered to be God's chosen people. These were outcasts. These were people who didn't feel like they were, they were good enough. They didn't deserve this opportunity. But yet and still, they, they received the same thing that others. God has the same blessing for you that he has for me. God wants to provide so much for you, but the thing is that you have to be willing to confess, to say, I was wrong. I put myself in this situation. This is not your fault, God. And because it's not your fault, God, I cannot be mad at you. But what I do need is I need your help. I need you to help me out of this situation, this life of sin, this life of destruction. I need you to, to help me out of this situation. And I'm not going to make the same excuses that I've made before. I'm not going to try to excuse my behavior. I, I'm coming to you as a person who has received a revelation that, that has birthed a, a spirit of regret within inside of me that leads me to a point where, God, I need you to redirect me. And the reason why I need you to redirect me, because, God, I'm saying that you're my new GPS. It's not Facebook. It's not Instagram. It's not GQ. It's not my mama. It's not my daddy. It's not my friends. I need you to redirect me because you know the plans that you have for me. You know where you want me to be. I don't even know. I, and this, what baffles me is, and I thought about this this past week, your basic expectation of God is nothing more than a limitation of God. 
Can I, can I get you to understand that? That's, that's good, ain't it? That's tweetable. Somebody who got Twitter, tweet that, man. Your basic expectation of God is a limitation of God. In other words, you can't think big enough. You can't think wide enough. You don't understand what God wants to do with you. And when I finally got that concept, guess what I did? I got out the way. I got out the way. It's just like a GPS. The GPS only shows you so much. But if you ever take it off of you, if you ever take it off of your little arrow, your little point, and you broaden the horizon, you can see the whole picture. God has a bird's eye view of your life. He knows everything that he wants to do with your marriage, with your job, with your education, everything that he wants to do. So the best way for you not to be frustrated about it is stop worrying about it. Just release it and allow God to, to make things fall into place. One of the things that, about, that got me so good this week, and I, uh, I'll close. Me and my wife, we, like many of you have or many of you are right now, used to live paycheck to paycheck. I mean, it was a struggle. We was noodles all up in the building. It was going down. I ain't afraid to lie as your pastor. At one point in time, I, I, I tricked the government. Mom, <laughs> we, were, we needed food stamps because we just wasn't making enough. Baby was like, you can't get food stamps as long as you, we married. You, you can't get them. And I said, you know what? I'm packing my bags. I'll be gone for the next two days. Your interview is, next, is the next day. You tell them I'm gone. I ain't, I ain't gonna make you lie, but you tell them I'm gone. Y'all don't post that on social media. I don't wanna pay nobody that money back. But, but that's, where I, that's how bad it was for us. We needed it. And, and this week, this week it was so amazing because with the holiday and I didn't have to go to work and different things, uh, when I finally went back to work was Thursday. Thursday for my drivers is, is payday. Um, and, and so they get their paychecks. I don't get mine till Friday. And I don't know, something just made me look at my wallet because my wife has birthed a habit out of me to, um, to put my money in my wallet, don't keep, don't keep swapping your card. That's the, that's the restraint that I have to put because if you see it on plastic, you don't see it. But if you see the dollars in your wallet, you know when it's empty. And, and so I, I don't get to swipe the card. I got a certain amount that's in my wallet and that's my limit and that's it. And so payday was coming. I was getting ready to cash my check and I look at my wallet and the same thing from the previous week was still there. The same week from the previous week. So I was able to dump that all in my savings and start fresh. The reason why I'm telling you this is because at one point, I was really struggling. At one point, at one point, my, my wife had to go live with her family. I had to go live with my family. We, we were struggling. But somehow God has brought this thing full circle. He's brought this thing full circle because of the simple fact that we have allowed him to redirect us. We've stopped taking over control. Our church is growing. I mean, we almost at capacity right now, and it's a holiday, and I can see there are several people that are not here that normally are here. You know why it's growing? Because I'm not in control. I ain't driving this ship. It, it made me feel so good when the ladies came up and led worship today. I was panicking, thinking I was going to have to leave worship again and sing. They was like, Pastor, now get out the way. We got you. Cool. I ain't driving this ship. This is not for me. I, I am just a co-pilot. God tells me what to share with the people, and I push it. I need y'all to get to that point in your life. You're not even in control of your own life. Man, the birds got this thing all figured out. The ducks, they say, man, it's getting a little chilly, man. Don't worry. We're not going to stress. We're going to fly. 
Where are you going to land? I don't know. It was a place there last year. We'll see if it's still there. They don't go, hey, Tom, you think it's a drought in, in Kansas this time of year? Maybe we need to go around. We have to get to a point in our lives where we really achieve the revelation that God has for us. I don't know what your revelation is. I'm not going to stand here. I'm not going to be that pastor that says in 2020, this is going to happen. You sow this into the ministry. God, I'm not saying they lying. I'm just saying that's not me. What I am saying that God has a unique plan for you, for your life, for your marriage. And the, whatever he has for you is part of a bigger picture. There are some greater things he wants to do because of you. But you have to allow him to redirect you. You have to allow him to guide you. Whatever area of your life that has been under your control, release it. Release it to God. I'm not telling you don't care about it. I'm just telling you to stop controlling it. Stop trying to manipulate life to work to your advantage because it will never work. It will never work. These Pharisees, these Sadducees, they changed because they heard that there was something better. The same something that we get exposed to today because we get to get the revelation that God loves us so much that he's given his only begotten son that all we have to do is believe in him. You get the knowledge, you believe in the knowledge and you can have everlasting life. You want to know how to begin to receive godly things? Get in a godly relationship. Get in a godly relationship. And the only way we get into a godly relationship is through Christ Jesus. Because the reality is that without Christ, there is a separation between God and humanity. Christ is the only thing that connects us. Christ is the bridge that leads you to whatever financial place God wants you to be. God, Christ is the bridge that leads you to the person that you're supposed to be. You have to have a relationship with Christ. Tender is not going to get it. It's not going to work out. Is that the one you swipe left or swipe right? We've been married too long. We missed out on that. But whatever those things are, they're not going to get it. You have to get to a point where you say, Lord, I'm committed to you. No matter how young, no matter how old, God, I need you to redirect my life. Because if you, re if you do not redirect me now, I am going to make a wreck of what I have. Nothing scares a person more than seeing failure before you actually have to experience it. The reason so many of us who don't wear seatbelts, the reason why when we pass a wreck and we immediately put our seatbelt on is because we're scared if that wreck was us, what could happen? The reason why we sneak and put it on when the police get behind us, because we're scared if we get a ticket. We should live with a healthy element of fear as it results to failure, to live in life without Christ. Can we give God a hand clap for his word? What an amazing word from God. Listen, we thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message. And it's because of that that we want to extend two invitations to you. Our first invitation is if you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, for you to actually stop in and worship with us at Believer City Church. We would greatly appreciate the opportunity to get to know you better. The second thing that we would invite you to do is if you want to partner with us in ministry, 
this message has been able to impact your life in any way, form, or fashion, you're able to partner with us simply by going to our website at believercity.org and clicking on the Give tab and just donating whatever God allows your heart to do so. Uh, You can also download our app by going to Google Play or the app store and download Believer City Church. And there's ways that you can connect with us there, pray with us, give, and so many things that you can do to stay connected to the Believer City community. We thank you again for listening to this message, and we look forward to worshiping with you in the future. God bless you.